my body was already fighting my implants. Yes. And so it was like, I can't fight anything else for you. So then I started getting, you know, I was, I'd have like brain fog. It started affecting like work. Like I had someone ask me if I was drunk at work, like if, because I just came out of like a, a workshop and my brain was just dead. I couldn't, I was almost like slurring my word. And I'm like, no, shockingly, I haven't had anything to drink. Like I'm just, I can't put words together. What are you doing to create your dream life or your best self? Why do we see some thrive through challenges while others struggle? Welcome to Effort, a podcast where I talk about the main Fs in my life that have helped me in creating my best self. Faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. Hi, my name is Amy Ledeen, and most would say that I've had my fair share of struggles, whether it was placing my baby for adoption at 18, Facing my marriage-ending affair or battling stage four cancer for almost seven years, it's safe to say that I've been through a lot. Join me as I take you through my story, my journeys, and share with you the tactical strategies every single week that will help you thrive and overcome anything you face. That's right, I'm gonna show you how to create a future self that you'll be proud of. So buckle up, get ready for the ride as I take you through my story and bring other guests on that have helped me along the way. So while I could have done this episode solo talking all about my breast implant explant back in January, I really wanted to bring on a special guest. So today I have my good friend, Laura Krosky on, and I'm going to link in the notes another episode where she talked all about this on another podcast. And Laura and I, while we both have now had our implants removed, you know, for Laura, it was truly at a place where she was getting weekly IVs, extremely fatigued, couldn't work anymore. You know, she was legit suffering from what we call breast implant illness. And this has now become a very controversial topic, but I'm also going to be linking in the notes a big Facebook page where if you are someone that listens to this today and says, gosh, maybe this could be me. Maybe I have an autoimmune disease due to my implants. I want you to take the time and go join this group and just take a look for yourself. And while Laura and I talk mostly about this topic, Laura is also a confidence coach and she's worked in the business sector for a big, you know, Fortune 500 company. And um, it's fun for us to just even dive into trauma and trauma in the body. And so I know I'll be having her on again. But for now, here's our episode all about our explant experience. Okay, so today it's kind of going to be like a fireside girl chat here because I've been wanting to share my explant story of me having my implants removed. And I didn't want to do this solo because there are so many other powerful stories out there, you know, more powerful and more reasons behind that explant than even mine. And so I knew the one person I had thought of is this guest today, Laura Krosky. And it was because I, one, had conversations with her, but two, I'm going to tag in the show notes a podcast that she did with our friend Carrie Dahl, and it was so, you know, moving to me that I had already decided to do it, but I want, it was like what just made me pull the trigger. So I'm so excited to have you here today, Laura. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Amy. Good to chat with you. Oh, I know. So I know in my intro, I always tell people I do that separate, you know, Laura comes with a lot of life coaching skills. I feel like this is why it's even great to talk with someone like you is because you are very aware 
of, you know, just your, your own identity and, you know, that involvement. And so I'm excited to, to dive into this with you because we both had different reasons, but I want to start back to like when you decided to get your implants. Cause I've, I had two sets, you know, for those of you listening, I got my first set after I lost, you know, 90 pounds. I, you know, now I kind of laugh at my reasoning because my reasoning was, I felt like I wanted to feel like a quote unquote girl. Um, which I find funny that I even define boobs as being a girl, but I Mm -hmm. felt insecure about my flat chest. It wasn't something that my husband even cared about. It was me just wanting to feel more quote unquote feminine. What was it for you? I mean, I think it was very similar. I think it was, I had gone through different weight loss gains, all that kind of stuff. And so your body just changes and fluctuates. And I, always had a little bit bigger breasts anyways. And so losing that when I lost weight was a struggle for me. And I really thought, okay, well, I'm going to do this for myself. I was the same way. I didn't feel like I had any pressures by any other person telling me to get them, but it was my own insecurities. It was my own thoughts of this is going to make me feel more womanly. I can have my curves back. I can fill out the way that I used to fill out and that'll make me feel good. And I think that's what a lot of people, it is like that innocent, Mm -hmm. you know, place of doing it. It's funny how years later I read Psycho-Cybernetics who he was a former plastic surgeon and he talked about how he always thought that plastic surgery would help make people feel complete. And that's when he learned that, hey, if you don't fix the crap inside, it doesn't matter. So then it was like, I almost saw a full circle that I didn't need them anymore. And I think a lot of women, like I have no judgment for those that, you know, get triggered by my posts or anything. Um, But I do know for myself personally, it was like, regardless of health, I just got to a place where it was like, I don't need these anymore. These are like a security blanket to some degree. And I thought they were going to bring me happiness and they weren't. Was it kind of like that for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think there's a, your identity gets wrapped up in your body. And I think then you start thinking about if you don't have them, then who are you? And then you're like, well, obviously I know I'm more than my body. So how do I, how can I say that? And especially in coaching and talking to people that I coach and embracing themselves and who they are. Yet I had these things in me that, I mean, they were actually harming me, but it was still so hard to even let that go because my identity became so wrapped up in my body image, yet they weren't making me happy. They were actually doing the complete opposite and making me very sick and unwell. Yeah, we're going to get into that because that is one, you know, thing that was a little bit different about us, but something that I've done a lot of research on, but I was the same with you that I felt like I'm a health coach, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, I was fighting cancer for seven years and and mine came with, I was getting ready to have lung surgery. I already knew I was going to get them out, but the timing of it was we were going to do it at the same time. And, you know, I had already had it nagging on me. My daughter who's you know, 18, I remember, you know, clearly her saying to me one day, she was like 16 at the time. And she goes, I mean, you have like four, you have like bags in your chest, mom. Like it was just in such a negative connotation. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for me, so many of my friends had had implants. So it was kind of like the norm, but I was so proud of her to see it as such an 
abnormal thing, like not an option in her, you know, identity. Did a lot of your friends have them? No, I really didn't know many people that had them, but I live in Las Vegas, so they are pretty prominent where I live and you see that and there's a certain image. And then I think obviously societally, we just see what a woman's perfect body is and you kind of get drawn into, you know, you have to look like a Playboy bunny or you have to have that perfect, you know, figure eight or the tiny waist and the big boobs, the big butt, like that's what's in right now. So really that became kind of a driver for me of, okay, I've lost weight and I still have my curves on my lower half, but I lost my upper. Like, so what do I, what can I do to change that? And plastic surgery was what I thought would fill me, obviously. Yeah. Same, same with me. So let's dive into, you know, and this is a controversial topic. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you know, to me, it's like now it's in my, um, peripheral vision. So I always just Mm -hmm. assume people are going to agree with me. And that is about breast implant illness. And, you know, where, you know, now it makes me question so much in our medical paradigm, to be honest, because once you see how much this has kind of been hidden from us, and I'm a big believer in that I usually send people into the groups and say, Hey, I'm, I'm not here to be the the person to tell you everything, but just go join, you know, one of these breast implant illness groups on Facebook and there's no doubt. It's like, it doesn't matter what the outside is telling you. You just can't see differently. Was that it for you? Or, cause I know you had health issues and I want to talk about that because, you know, a lot of women, I want them to know some of the things and the signs to be looking for, because for me, I didn't know until after my surgery that I'd had all these issues because it became my norm. But for you, there were things that were screaming at you. So how long had you had your implants at the point that you started to think these are making me unwell? Well, first of all, I think you were actually the one that pointed me in the direction of the Facebook group. So wow. that was like a lot of gratitude for you because I don't think I even knew I was just starting to explore that maybe it was my implants. And right. you mentioned that group to me. And then I went there was reading story after story of women and their symptoms. And I was like, this is me. This is what I've been, I felt so seen because I had been going to doctors probably been close to two years uh, that I just started not feeling well. And I didn't think that at 35, I should have been feeling as tired as I was. Uh, I, in 2016, I really started to feel, well, maybe it was more beginning of 2017. I started to feel the effects of it. I started a pretty extreme bodybuilding kind of routine workout. I got really, really lean. This happens a lot for me when I'm feeling out of control in life. I tend to find something that I can control. And so my weight uh, became that kind of like drive. So I got really super lean. And what ended up happening is that started pushing me really off to this. My body couldn't handle, it was already fighting my implants. And so it was like, I can't fight anything else for you. So then I started getting, you know, I was, I'd have like brain fog. It started affecting like work. Like I had someone ask me if I 
was drunk at work. Like if, because I just came out of like a, a workshop and my brain was just dead. I couldn't, I was almost like slurring my words. And I'm like, no, shockingly, I haven't had anything to drink. Like I'm just, I can't put words together. And so I started noticing that the brain fog probably first. And then I started to have some joint pain and I thought maybe I'm just overdoing it with exercise. Uh, maybe it's fibromyalgia. My mother has that. So I thought maybe it was that. And I started looking at all that and I went to a naturopathic doctor and kind of was just trying to discover what was going on and really with no help from people. I mean, not doctors like blood results, you would change and do a supplements and then my blood results would be good. So it was like, no, you're healthy. And I'm like, well, I'm not because I can, I can't stand, I can't teach a workshop. Like my joints are sore. Like I feel like I'm 70 some days and I can't even stand to teach my workshops anymore. Like that's when I was just like, I got to figure this out. I can't live like this. I couldn't get off the couch some days, you know, like I would sleep from the moment I got up to feed the dogs. I'd go back and lay on the couch and sleep until like noon. Wow. Yeah. And you had, you know, when we were chatting, I mean, it was like, you were really committed to your nutrition, yet your body just was not responding. And that's when we knew there were some red flags. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, whether this is an autoimmune or thyroid issue, which is, I think, you know, it's really sad because now as a coach, I'm like, shame on me. One of my first questions I will ask people now is, do you have implants Mm -hmm. versus, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe you have some thyroid issues. Like I actually, Uh because they do kind of go hand in hand. I mean, my plastic surgeon, the one thing he'd said to me is he's like, there's no doubt. He goes, I don't care what any other plastic surgeon tells me the correlation between an autoimmune disease and implants is massive. Like there's just no questioning it. So now when I meet women that have autoimmune issues, fibromyalgia, you know, Hashimoto's, Mm -hmm. things like that, that is a question now that I would ask, but I, I sadly don't think a lot of, I'm sure doctors that you went to weren't even asking that. Mm -mm. Not at all. I don't think it ever, ever came up or was a concern. In fact, when I decided to get them removed, I actually went into my, I was going into my doctor weekly because I had to get IVs. I was getting hydration IVs weekly so that I could function and at least be able to live somewhat. Uh, So I was in there and I told her, I said, well, I have an appointment scheduled for a consultation. I'm going to get my implants removed. And she was like, oh, okay. Like her only concern was like, oh, well, if you're going under anesthesia, just make sure, you know, don't take maybe the painkillers, like do all this stuff. And that, that was it. It wasn't anything like, thank goodness you're getting rid of that. Like it just was, you know, and I really just thought because she was a naturopath, like that she would be more inclined to be on that or care about that. It, it is shocking to me. I mean, I, I feel like now when you're on the other side and you see like the new life, you're like, how did I, how does, how does anyone not see this as a massive problem? You know, for me, immunotherapy, they already knew that, you know, I mean, thank God I am in remission, but if I had to go through another round of immunotherapy, they'd already said to me, they are fighting your implants. Like that is yeah. just no doubt that immunotherapy first has to fight that and it can't even get yeah. to the cancer. And so yeah. yet you see in breast cancer, I mean, they put implants in you. Like it's mm-hmm. actually makes me very, very sad because it's like this person maybe just thought they got their life back. And then now let me just put these bags of toxins mm-hmm. in your, you know, mm-hmm. your body. And 
I don't, you know, I, I try not to like blame or shame a lot of these doctors because they're also taught this right in medical school. And it's like that cognitive dissonance where Mm -hmm. it's like, they just can't see anything different. I mean, I loved my plastic surgeon that I'd worked with, you know, but he couldn't see it. And so I just had to, instead of taking that so hurtful, because he was just like, you know what, that's in a lot of these women's heads. And this is just like a blaming, but I, and it's not even that he just wants to make a buck. It's that he has been programmed, mm-hmm. right. To kind of, um, you know, see that. So how, you know, when you were selecting a doctor, cause I think this is important as people are mm-hmm. sitting here listening, they're like, okay, maybe I have some of these symptoms, you know, like I said, I really didn't think I had them, but in my case, I actually woke up a completely different person. I thought that my chemotherapy was what was causing my like massive fatigue. And and it may have to some degree, but I was off chemo already for a couple of weeks when I had my um, explant. And I'm really thankful for that because it was like really conviction for me to see how important this was to get them removed because I woke up and I have not had neuropathy since I've had one day where like my baby toe went numb, but I'm talking Mm -hmm. like I would take two to three baths in the middle of the night for my neuropathy. I had weighted blankets. I woke up that day one, I felt light. I didn't have any brain fog. And the thing is, I didn't even know I had brain fog because it was Mm -hmm. the slow erosion. Right. Mm -hmm. But I woke up feeling so good, so much energy. And then the neuropathy, it was like, you couldn't have convinced me otherwise. I mean, it was why then I'm like, I have to be on a mission to tell everyone about this. What was your experience? Because you were really dealing with a lot of adrenal issues and I mean, IVs, you know, weekly. Yeah. Walk me through what happened with your surgery. Yeah. I think when I first woke up from it, like the biggest thing I noticed, which I didn't even feel like I couldn't, sorry, you can probably hear my dogs in the background. (laughs) They're agreeing. When I first woke up, I remember being able to breathe. Like I thought I could breathe deep. I actually, you know, practice yoga and do all that stuff. So I'm like, oh, of course I can breathe deeply because I know how to breathe properly. I had no idea that I wasn't breathing nearly, probably not even half what I could. And it was just so amazing to wake up from surgery and to be able to like fully inhale. I mean, it was so powerful. And then I was just like, whoa, that wasn't even a symptom I knew was there. I was the same way I woke up. I I actually sat up really fast. They even said, they're like, slow down here. I did not realize that I had such a heavy weight on me. And I used to run, like, I mean, I did triathlons with these implants in. When they handed them to me and I saw, because mine were overfilled. I had, you know, I had paid for 425 cc's, Mm -hmm. but he had estimated, he goes, you know, it's not uncommon for them to overfill them. And sure enough, mine were 550 plus. And he said, he goes, you got some big implants. Like these were really big inside you. And so I was, it was no wonder when I woke up, I'm like, I feel like I want to just move my chest around like crazy, you know, because I was feeling so light, but, um, you know, between that and the heavy breathing. And then recently I had read about heart to heart hugs. Mm, I had forgot. I'd forgot yeah. how touching and, and moving that is because mm-hmm. I'd had these bags on my chest that when I hugged my kids, especially, they'd always be like, mom, you're so hard. 
you know? And mm-hmm. so for me to experience that again, I couldn't believe how much I had missed that. Cause I'd had mine for almost 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's a really good, I remember getting a hug for the first time and it was that same, you just don't realize, I mean, there was a literal block that was happening mm-hmm. and you just had no idea that you were being blocked from feeling what that hug feels like. So yeah, the first time you hug someone that you love or anyone that you love, it's just like, there's a, it's a different experience. And that kind of skin to skin that you almost feel right. I mean, obviously you're through shirts, but still it's like this totally, I don't know. You feel your hearts connect in such a different way. Yeah. So did you notice a lot of, cause I know some people, they do have to go through almost like detoxing their body, especially those that have had severe, severe, you know, symptoms. Um, mm-hmm. Did it take a while for you to start to get your energy back? Did you notice at least a big jump right in the beginning? Yeah. So the hardest part was actually the energy part in the beginning, because I got it back so quickly. And I, it's probably because one, I was sleeping better. I slept so good right after I got them out. And then I would wake up the next day and I would be like ready to jump out of bed. But of course you can't because you just had surgery. So they're like, okay, you're restricted. You can't do all these kind of things. And all I wanted to do was just like do everything because I had so much energy and you can't lift anything. And I'm like, this is like a nightmare. (laughs) Like I have all this energy finally and I can't do anything. I remember doing listening to podcasts and doing laps around my pool in my backyard. That was like what I had to do to try to burn some of that energy and still, I could still be gentle with myself and all that kind of stuff. So the energy at first was really, really strong and really, really good. And I still, I never went back to it being as bad as it was, but I definitely, I got my implants out in 2019 Mm -hmm. and 2019 was for sure a full year of recovering, detoxing, I mean, even probably into 2020, but my energy for sure still would have its spikes and it still felt better. And then I had moments where I could tell that my body needed to detox and I'd almost fall back into some of the symptoms that I had. Mm. And so then that plays a whole different game because then that's a mental game because then you start questioning, why did I do this? Why did I put myself through this? And all this kind of stuff, because you're like, these symptoms are just coming back. Why do I, why do I put myself through surgery? Um, but I'm happy to say now it's much better. My body, even my digestion, my digestion didn't get better until the end of 2020. So it's a long, it was a long process and a long road and it's still going to be for me. I'm sure. The digestion was one for me as well. Um, I was at the point where I could hardly eat vegetables very well Mm -hmm. um, without taking a ton of magnesium, you know, things like that. It was really, really hard for me that I was just excited to enjoy a salad again. But I'm like Mm -hmm. you where I can't just go full blown back into this. I still need to do some, you know, gut health things. And I do believe in the power of 
you know, um, other things can trigger emotions from former feelings that we had, because, you know, you and I've talked a lot about this just casually about trauma and trauma Mm -hmm. in the body. And Mm -hmm. even with them removed, I mean, I have to be very careful not to go back to fearful states of just my cancer and not reliving Mm -hmm. that and staying Mm -hmm. in the present. And because sometimes I'll have a wave of something. I mean, that day where my pinky kind of went numb for the first time, I might, because the physiology is happening, it's like my brain started to go there. It's no different than, you know, having an anxious feeling. It takes you, you know, right back to old memories. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure for you, that's something that you need to fight and be very intentional because you want to keep on that path of recovery. Right. Yeah. I would say probably the best thing I did for myself, obviously getting a good doctor to work with, to help you with digestion was huge, but getting a therapist Mm -hmm. and I started working with a therapist and working through trauma. And I was so grateful that I had it. I had her at the time of my surgery even. So going through that process and really help, it helped me heal. Like I strongly believe even in just how my body healed, it was related to how I dealt with my trauma, how I worked through it, how we talked through things, things that I didn't even consider trauma per se as well. Mm -hmm. And you come in and you talk about it and you realize how much it affected your body. And then you start understanding, oh, it makes sense why I've been having gut issues or it makes sense. I've been holding this emotion and this energy in these places in my bodies. And you start releasing that. And obviously that takes time, but the more you do it, the more you see your body is resilient and bounces back and wants to be there for you and wants to heal you and wants to help you and wants to serve you. And when that starts happening, you just begin to trust yourself more and trust the process, even when it's really hard. I I love that. And I do think that everyone should get a therapist going through it because you know, um, you can get rid of these actual items out of your body, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of correlation with autoimmune diseases and just trauma. And you made a really good point. You don't have to have like some crazy experience to have trauma. I love that. I mean, trauma is just on how your body responds to it. Like it could be just, uh, it could be a child moment of being locked in a car and to someone else that wouldn't be trauma, but to you it is. And, you know, sadly in my, you know, years of not knowing better, I mean, I used to make fun of people that would be like, Oh, I have PTSD. And I'd be like, what you've not been to war mother trucker. What's your problem now? I'm like, listen, your trauma is your trauma. And my trauma is my trauma. And I think that that is something so important that they can go hand in hand that you've got to heal. And, you know, those of you that are listening that know, I mean, I talk a lot about, you know, spirituality and like even Christianity or religion, you have to understand that like, this is of God, you know, like God has created us to heal ourselves in this way. That is a power we have. And that was something I really fought a lot. And it was triggering to me because I'm like, whatever, you know, when MD Anderson, they have an entire area that they focus on this now where it's, it's healing yourself. And so the way to justify it, if you are say triggered by that or, or, or feeling like this is not of God and it's like voodoo stuff, that's completely false. Think about it. This is a natural way. It's, mm-hmm. I, I find what's so refreshing is a lot of times it's from shame or guilt and mm-hmm. it's us forgiving ourselves. Well, hello, mm-hmm. what does the Bible talk a lot about? forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And forgiveness Mm -hmm. is a gift we give ourselves. I know for me, that has really helped a lot of my own health issues is me forgiving myself for, 
things that, you know, again, it could just even be a story you're telling yourself. It can't even be true things that you need to forgive yourself for, but it is something that you have paired with that shame and how, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I remember we had a business coach that he was working with a coach that was working with Hashimoto's patients. And he goes, Oh yeah, they don't, it's, it's nothing about diet or or supplements. It's all about um, therapy. And I remember my judgment brain went, who the heck does he think he is selling therapy for Hashimoto's? And you know what? I stand corrected. I learned over the next two years that it was legit. These women were forgiving themselves and going through these healing, you know, processes and they were healing their fibromyalgia and their Hashimoto's. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's helped me to get away even from Western medicine. And I'm, I mean, Hey, I am so thankful for a lot of the Western yeah. medicines I've had and they've helped me, but I think there's so many times that we don't see the power that we have just here in natural resources and ourselves, our brains, right? Yeah. Would you agree? A hundred percent. Yeah. I think that plays a huge part into it and into your recovery. And I mean, with anything, anything that we're talking about, yeah. you know, having, having that power and understanding that you do have the ability to think a certain way and to think about how you're going to feel and you know, like work yourself through that. Like it's so important because if, I mean, I've had those days a hundred percent throughout this journey where I allow myself to sit in that victim seat and it just takes over the day. And I realize, and sometimes it's been weeks I've let that happen. Right. And then it, I realized that it's interesting how worse my symptoms get when that happens or how I'll gain weight, or you see like different things, how your body's reacting and responding to it, because it is trying to protect you. It is trying to take care of you. And it's, it has those things start coming up for you. So then it goes into this reactive protective kind of state of, oh, we're back here. So what do we all need to do? What do we all need to fire off in our body? Because we've seen this before. And so it's almost like your implants are back in your body, right? Because you're having those reactions and responses. And so when I start to realize that now, it's so much easier for me. Now, I'm not going to say it's easy to just then click out of being the victim mode because some days are just really hard. Mm-hmm. So you just have those moments and you have those days, but it's now allowing yourself, okay, what am I, what do I actually need to feel now? What do I yes. need to feel in this moment? What am I not allowing myself to feel like truly feel? Why do I feel like the victim mode is what's making me feel good right now, right? And so really questioning asking yourself that and allowing yourself the space to just be like, well, today I'm having a really hard time being positive because today is just really hard and I'm just tired and overwhelmed. And just be in that space. I love that because I think that what people don't realize is you stay in that pit longer by just judging yourself. I am 100%. the queen of doing that. Mm-hmm. And that was where Nicola Para helped me so mm-hmm. much in therapy because I would show up every week, fall my eyes out, feel the guilt and shame. And she'd go, Amy, let's stop and go. Instead of like shaming yourself and being mad at yourself, what did you learn on that day where you just stayed in that pit? What are you, you know, and I, it really, you know, I've, I've read judgment detox, which also helped me as well, mm-hmm. but I really learned to pause. I'm not perfect at it. I'm like you, where I have these days, I have these weeks. And I do try to share that because I feel like if more of us were honest about these things, more yeah. women then would go, 
okay. It's, it's okay to feel this way. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't need to have this, like the toxic positivity that we see out there so much. Like it makes me, it is so massively triggering for me because I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just like turn it off or whatever versus Mm -hmm. the person that's like, I'm, I'm acknowledging today's a crappy day. And Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do my best through it. I'm not going to judge myself because Mm -hmm. I find the moment I flip to judgment, it's like, I stay there worse. I mean, I had about a month ago being down here and I know this is off topic, but since we're going there, um, (laughs) you know, my 18 year old had come to me and she didn't want to, she was like, I don't like it here. I want to go back. That immediately took me as a mom. There's nothing that makes me feel worse than if my children aren't happy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I watched myself. It was almost like I was having an out of body experience because we ended up having kind of an argument about it. And then where did I go to shame? Because I'm feeling shame and guilt about me not being a good mom. And then what did I do? I went looking to ransack my house because Mm -hmm. a lot of us don't realize unconsciously if we stay in shame, we want to sabotage because we feel unworthy of love, loving ourselves. And so Mm -hmm. it was like an unconscious, like, well, where do you, where will you hurt yourself the most, Amy? It's my nutrition. And Mm -hmm. now it's my daily agreements because I know how Mm -hmm. important it is to keep my promises. And it was as if I was looking at my list of daily agreements going, I'm not going to do that because you're unworthy to love yourself today. And Mm -hmm. the next day I actually shared it. We were in the middle of a boot camp and here I am the teacher of, you know, the boot camp. And I, that night I went to bed going, I mean, I have to share this, but I also don't want people to think that I'm not worthy of being their teacher. And it Mm -hmm. was so powerful because when I shared it, I was like, you know, yesterday I, I literally went drive, like going to the store, knowing exactly what I was doing. And I was punishing myself and I totally bombed it on my daily agreements. I'm like, but here's where I become the separator. And that is one, I acknowledge it. I stopped the moment I stopped judging myself that night in bed allowed me to get up the next day and fight the good fight. It didn't mean that I would maybe even be perfect. Maybe that would be another day of it, but even just acknowledging it and not judging it and being like, it's okay. You can have, you know, a bad day because I think a lot of people that even, you know, follow you and are in your circle, they're high achievers. And that sometimes can be to our detriment because it's like, we then expect ourselves to show up, you know, perfect. I mean, I was afraid, but the messages I got from other females, cause I went live and I'm like, I totally blew it yesterday. Like, you know, thank God my house doesn't have a lot of crap in it because I ate everything that we had possible to find. And Mm -hmm. I I even was aware that I was punishing myself, which even upset me more because I'm like, you know better. And you are Mm -hmm. literally looking, you know, it was like, go to the gym to train on my DAC, not doing that. You know, when it was just, it was so fascinating to me that it's such a big part of our well-being is to get over this shame cycle and trauma and all that. What can you add to that, that you've seen in yourself? Well, I will say for you, because you showed up with such vulnerability, that is exactly why you're worthy of being the teacher. Because that is what we need. We need more teachers that show up in their humanity and with vulnerability. And I think that is one of the greatest gifts we can give people and Mm -hmm. each other are those human moments because as a as a coach and I was a coach in uh, at an organization and when I was running the coaching program there I used to get it all the time where people just think you're oh you're a coach so you have it all figured out right and it's just 
I would remind people all the time that I don't have it all figured out. But it is why I have a therapist. It's why I have a coach. It's why I have a support system. I'm trying to do everything possible to help me be the person that I want to be and live aligned in my values and my integrity as an individual and to show up in that every day, knowing that it's not possible that I show up in it every day Mm -hmm. because I am a human being and I am flawed and I'm not perfect. And so there is that grace and that self-love that I am learning from just my journey of health, my journey with getting my implants removed, going through all that. I mean, there were moments where I felt so not because my body had changed so much in Mm -hmm. whatever, gaining weight, not having implants. I didn't feel like I was actually me. My body didn't feel like mine anymore. And then Mm -hmm. getting back to the place of reclaiming it and loving it in the moment that I was in with it. And it wasn't about how am I going to look tomorrow? How am I going to be tomorrow? It was how do I love myself right now in the pain that I'm in, in whatever I'm experiencing, whatever emotion, whatever failure, flaw, thing I didn't do for myself. How do I love myself through this? And that's the biggest lesson for me. And that is so important because if we don't, if it comes from a place of hate, I see this Mm -hmm. in, in my industry, you'll never get there. Like you, I mean, you might get there, but you won't keep it because I I hated my way to losing the 90 pounds, but that's not what has made me successful on the other side. It's me loving myself at every moment because mm-hmm. then I'm no longer comparing. It's literally me mm-hmm. versus me. And it's not even a me versus me on the outside. It's me being aligned with my behaviors. And yes. if people would only see that, it's it's why you can see the full-figured woman strutting her stuff at the beach. Mm-hmm. She's in alignment mm-hmm. with herself, mm-hmm. right? And that is, you know, whereas at 116 pounds, I hated myself. Like I will yes. say that, you know, I, and hence me getting the implants. I'm looking mm-hmm. for these external things to make me happy, you know? So well, coming full circle, cause we're going to have you, I need to have you on again. Cause I think we could dive so much into this other stuff because you are someone that I've sent you messages on, you know, Instagram. I'm like, okay, Laura, I need your advice on this. Even just like the fundamental religious stuff that we've talked about that mm-hmm. I feel is so important for women because, you know, I am on a mission to love myself fully right now, like Mm -hmm. truly love myself fully. And so I want to bring you back on and we'll talk about that again. But in the meantime, those of you listening, you know, you need to go, if you have implants and, you know, it is something that you're questioning, go look for the breast implant illness groups. I will have them in the show notes because there's one that I'm a part of Nicole's that is like the biggest Mm -hmm. one. And just lurk, you know, you just can be at least observing at first. Um, I will say everyone I send there that has implants usually ends up contacting me and telling me that they can't deny that they think that there is a possibility. And even with no symptoms, it's just the idea of the potential. For me, I didn't know. And I look at my life now and I'm like, it was the best decision I made this year. Like I am so thankful for it. And it's why I want everyone, you know, in the world to hear about it because Mm -hmm. I feel like I've gotten my energy, my life back. And honestly, my alignment, because I want to preach wholeness and acceptance of myself. And I want my daughters, you know, behaviors are caught, not taught. Mm -hmm. I could sit here and tell them they don't need them. But when Mm -hmm. I show them, 
that I don't need them and I take them out because I don't need them. I think that that's far more powerful. So I'm just so thankful for you, Laura. Thank you for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Okay, I'm on a mission. As you know, if you've been following along, I have a goal to be a top 100 podcast. And it's less about that top 100 and more about, I want to make an impact. I want more people to hear effort and and learn from all the mistakes that I've made, along with me bringing on really special guests for you. So my ask here is this. I want you to screenshot this episode today and share it on your social media. Share it with a friend, you know, tag me in it you know, go give me a review, of course, if you're really feeling it and rate me, you know, I, this is the only way things are going to get seen here. And in a big world of tons and tons of podcasts, I'm hoping that you're going to choose mine and help me on my mission. 